0: Hello and welcome to the Brave Room episode two. Now, the Brave Room is a little more packed today because with us we have the lovely Akane Yoshizaki from WFS Inc. Hello. <laughs> Great, and as always I am your host, Wanamarill from Game of Braves, and with me we have
1: Kit Osa from Game of Braves.
0: Hey, and just like that, let's get started. How are you doing today, Akane?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: It's pretty okay. It looks like it's gonna rain. It always means a fun drive home.
1: How how long have have you guys been working from home anyway?
2: Um, since March, I think, so nine months maybe.
1: So that's pretty much from the very beginning.
0: Yes, from from day one. Mm -hmm. That's an impressive streak. We've we've like dipped in and out of it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I thought we would be out of it sooner, but that's life.
0: That's life. I mean, at least you learn to work from home. Like It's a lot more convenient when you don't have to worry about (laughs) crashing your car because you're tired. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, speaking of work, WFS Inc. and its parent company, GREe Inc., you Mm -hmm. guys develop and publish a bunch of games for the mobile market. So we noticed with a lot of mobile games in particular, sometimes Mm -hmm. they only get Japan or Korean releases, and sometimes Mm -hmm. they get worldwide releases. Mm -hmm. So who makes that decision? What flips that switch from, well, we're going to stick to Japan to everyone in the world gets to try their luck at this?
2: Uh, Yeah, so just to introduce um, myself a little bit. um, So I've been with uh, a um, for a little over a year now and it's my first experience working professionally um, with gacha games so to speak. Um, But the parent company GRI of course has a long history with not only smartphone games but mobile games even before the smartphone um, industry. For your question, I don't think it's one particular person who says, hey, like, let's release this game um, outside of Japan. So, uh, sorry to, to continue. Um, so there's not one person who calls the shots and says, hey, let's release this globally. Um, it's you know, a collective decision, I feel like. I mean, that's the case for most decision uh, business decisions in any company, I think. So, um, I can't speak for all projects because, you know, every game is different, but I think, um, generally speaking, we would look at um, a variety of elements that would decide. Um, and I think for G or WFS, um, some of our games are developed um, entirely from um, inside the studio, but some of them are joint projects, um, maybe with IP holders, like um, for example, anime or manga or like novels. So you know it would be a partnership with other companies as well. Um, and sometimes you know those uh, IPs would have large followings outside of Japan, and maybe sometimes they um, are uh, uniquely popular in Japan. So I think that is definitely one factor in deciding. Um, and I think sometimes maybe it depends on how. The game itself uh, would appeal to audiences outside of Japan, or whether or not that studio has bandwidth to, you know, localize and release the game outside of Japan. So, I guess, um, generally speaking, it's hard to say. You know, any one factor that would decide um, whether to release the game uh, exclusively in Japan. Or outside, and sometimes that decision comes later. Like maybe if the game is very successful, then um, it would make more sense to release it outside of Japan. So,
0: yeah, because you uh, Alice got an English release yet? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Sino got the English release earlier this year after being a year in limbo. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it, With the benefit of hindsight. That was a no-brainer that it would do popular in English because you know, it's made <laughs> it's made by Yokotaro, and he's everyone's favorite game director mm-hmm. right now oh, yeah. i guess i can see what you mean when you say that some games like it's you know it's they just have you know they're going to do well if you release them overseas
2: yeah and i think um you not know, always just kind of unique that the game released um just when Nier automata released um so actually um it would have been hard to tell um when it was in development if it would be successful to the level that it is now. In hindsight, it's um, a very smart decision, but um, it was a really good choice on um, Poké Level's part to choose that particular partnership.
0: Yeah, you, you chose a perfect time when the universe was at peak recognition of Yoko Taro. <laughs> exactly. Because uh, I only recently got into mobile gaming, and so... Oh, really? Yeah, so I'd only heard of Sino Alice as, oh, the game by the Neo Automata guy. Like I hadn't mm-hmm, heard of it mm-hmm. until until they had that two B collaboration event. Mm-hmm, because my my friend was stressing
2: What was your first me. mobile
0: game? My first mobile game was Food Fantasy, I think, because uh, fake grandmother oh, had Oh, that's come the one out.
2: where um, there's people who represent
1: each dish Yeah,
0: they, they represent food.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, mean well. Meanwhile, I have been playing mobile games for so long. Uh, pretty much saw people oh my god sinoress will finally come out in english and then they got left in limbo and <laughs> they, got, they got super bitter over the company that was handling it prior before it finally came out, yeah.
2: three years after the japan release
1: yeah everyone had to stick with the japan release i mean they all get the guides from the japan release so they get a better start in english i suppose <laughs>
0: Yeah but you also get the bitterness of knowing that the Japan events will take a while to get to you?
1: Well I mean it, it would depend on the company after all like for example if you want to take another WFS game, another Eden, they've released the collaboration simultaneously for both Japan and English so it really depends.
0: Yeah I guess I guess so. Um, Akane, do you work much with localization?
2: I work in the marketing team at WFS.
0: Ah, okay. The subject of localization has been going on for as long as anime has been available in English-speaking countries. Right, there's the question of: Do you want to alienate Western fans if you put too much like Japanisms into it? Like, for example, I remember there was an anime on Netflix where they they converted any time a character mentions a price, they converted it to USD in the subtitles, and I thought that's that's a little much.
1: And uh, don't <coughs> forget the jelly donuts.
0: Yeah, and then you have the Pokemon level of extreme. Oh, wave.
2: right. The rice balls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no nah, They're jelly donuts, don't worry about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oops.
0: So, um, when you're making these decisions, how important would you say English voiceover is?
2: So I can't speak for anime um because you know, I haven't worked in that particular industry. Oh right, we well, went specifically I, with
0: mobile games, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um and I feel like over time people um, outside of Japan have become kind of used to um, anime as a culture and there's a lot of appreciation for voice acting um, for example Um, and I think Japanese voice acting has a pretty long history and um, so I think that for some of uh, the mobile game um, fans out there um, a lot of them do prefer the Japanese voices, but it really depends on the preference. You know, some people um, prefer dubbed anime and they prefer um, English voices, so um, it's really hard to say. And for games like one of our games, uh Memorial Freeze, which is based on the light novel um, Damachi, and um, we use Japanese voice actors from the anime because people are so uh, familiar with those voice actors. Um, But for original IP titles, like Another Eden, we do have um, English voices as well. So um, I think it does depend on the title and kind of the genre that the game is in, but uh, we're still, I guess, figuring figuring, uh, figuring it out. And it's hard to say, you know, which is better because I think people have different preferences.
0: Yeah, no, because we were, we were hoping you you had like in your tome of marketing knowledge like the definitive answer <laughs> whether whether subs or dubs is better.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish there was a magic answer, but I don't think anybody really knows.
1: Not that you say, okay, anime, it's really, you, will say, you can argue it's really accepted outside now. How would you market a Japanese game outside of Japan, even outside of the scope of its anime?
2: <laughs> maybe marking to people who are not
1: fans of anime. Maybe? Yeah.
0: Yeah. The one card you cannot use is it's your favorite anime.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I guess for for example, like a game like um, Another Eden or um, maybe Sino Alice to an extent, like it's not really based on a story that's well known um, already. Um, like you said, it's really challenging. Um, because there's no fan base that's already out there, that is something that it is difficult because um, WFS is not really uh, a game level label that's known to everyone uh, globally. So I guess we've been learning as we go along um working with media outlets like yourselves with influencers or yeah just trying to find um partners who can work with us to um, promote our game outside of japan yeah it's been a learning process for us
0: so as as you can tell we're clearly trying to like find out as much as we can about your your secret marketing (laughs) book of marketing tricks (laughs) so when is the best time of year to release a gacha game because clearly there has to be some timing to it
2: Hmm. So I think you may have noticed that there's games being released um, almost every day of the year so I don't think there's a best time (laughs) unfortunately. Um, I'm sure like companies try to avoid holidays for example when you know people might be busy or um, you know media outlets might be on holiday as well Um, or we may try to avoid um, competitors or big uh, AAA titles coming out because you know they would kind of take up the space but um yeah i don't think there is one particular time of the year that uh, really works for everyone
0: that's the conclusion we would figured out as well
2: <laughs> i'm sure you get press releases sent to you every single day
1: yeah
0: yeah that was a lot of questions about work, Akane. Now we we want to know about at home, Akane. <laughs> so, so <ahead. laughs> okay. So you you told us in the in the pre segment you do you do play some some mobile games.
1: Which ones do you play?
2: Um, I've been playing a lot of uh, bantering, the rhythm game. Ah. that's kind of my guilty pleasure that I've probably spent too much money on.
1: Ah.
0: Oh sweet! This is, <laughs> the, the follow up is gonna be great on this. Uh, my my brother, loves, <laughs> my brother loves Bang Dream as well. I prefer Starlight, but that's just down to preferences. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, I have to
1: play that one. Um, I used to play School Idol Festival myself. Mm,
2: mm, mm, mm. Yeah, everyone has a favorite. I feel like.
0: Yeah. Do you, wait. Before I move on to to my my favorite follow up, uh, do you have do you have a favorite character in Bang Dream?
2: Hmm. Okay. I kind of love them all.
0: Come on, there's one. There's... <laughs> Every time you hit the pull button, you secretly hope that one of them comes up.
2: So, I really love um, Aya, the pink haired girl.
0: Oh, her. yeah, yeah, yeah no, she's she's great. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I love that group, the idol group. The kind of cutesy uh, aesthetic.
0: Uh, that's Hello Happy World, right?
2: Yes. Uh, no. Um, I can't it.
0: Oh, so yeah, Pasquari, yeah, that's, that's what yeah. I'm thinking of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I keep mixing them up. Okay, so when you're doing these pools, you, you've confessed that, you've, that real money has been spent <laughs> in these pools. We're, in our companion podcast, which is just me and Kit talking, we talked about gacha rituals. We want to know, what mm. you, like, what kind of rituals have you developed to perfect your pool?
2: So, when I look at um, social media, I see that a lot of people have rituals, like going to a certain place. Um, I, I haven't really... I didn't know that that was a thing, actually.
0: I mean, it doesn't have to be <laughs> as grand as going to a place. Like, for yeah, example, yeah, yeah. I'm convinced that my phone knows when I'm trying to make a poll. So, <laughs> and so it will deny me what, any cards that I want. So I always try to make sure someone <laughs> else does it. So someone else hits mm-hmm. the button and I get it. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you have anything similar to that?
2: Yeah, actually, I do that, you know, whenever a friend is with me, I would kind of get that person to press the button or like pull the um, switch or whatever um, is needed. Um, but I don't know if that has brought me luck in particular, but I never do a single pull. So I guess that's uh, one thing that I
1: make sure to
0: Right, there's there's no point in, sing- in single pulls. It's like, this. Exactly. It, it just doesn't hit you the same. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. But if the animation is really long and pretty like Genshin I suppose, why not? And the pity carries over anyway, it doesn't matter.
0: No, uh... it's, it's not about function, <laughs> so <that's> it's about <laughs> the hit. <laughs> so uh, Kit has one of the, I don't know if it's genius or boring, but her, her ritual is math. She counts for pity and then waits until like she's about to hit the pity counter.
1: Yeah. Because, and then you off once. Uh, yeah, because when people have calculated the rates and mm-hmm. you have a very limited resource, you might as well just follow the math and pull only when it's most beneficial to you. Then beyond that it's it's a scam.
0: You you can't minmax <laughs> blackjack. You can't minmax mm. blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, this is, this is pretty much for for our topics, but, you know, is there is there any projects that you'd like to... This is your space to promote any projects that you're currently working with?
2: I guess um, I haven't talked much about the games that I work on. So, I don't know if you guys have played, um, but uh, I work uh, mostly on Another Eden and on um, Machi Memorial Freeze that I mentioned. I think um, Another Eden... Um, if you, Especially if you like old-school JRPGs, um, it really kind of hits the spot and you can play on your phone. Um, and actually the um, story is written by the creator Chrono Trigger, so that's my, why you might recognize the frog knight.
0: I knew it was familiar. <laughs>
2: so yeah i definitely want um listeners to try out the game it's available pretty much everywhere in the world actually and yeah it has beautiful music beautiful art and i forget that it's a free game on a phone it's really immersive just like uh you know what you played on um the old school consoles back in the day
0: yeah no, J- jrpgs on mobile is such a great combination because like you know, you can't really play them on home consoles because I don't. I, there's no point in time where you're spending twenty hours on the sofa.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you want me to shield additionally for another Eden Day, they, they have the two Persona Five uh, collapse and t- the Tales series collapse, and they're permanent, so you can just go over anytime and pick up the characters that you like.
0: You, you may have actually just sold me on this. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, actually,
2: you can play anytime, so, you know, there's no time limited stuff like a lot of the gacha games have where you have to, you know, spend money to pull um, by a certain time. It's all available for free and the characters are actually all free too. So you can play um, whenever when you feel like it.
0: So you, you hear that, listeners? Like if you're listening to this like in a car right now, pull out to the side of the road because don't pull out your phone while you're while you're driving. <laughs> Just give another even at least download it now and then you know play it when you're not on the road because that's really dangerous.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My previous company, um, we actually had uh, one install from North Korea. And I'm not sure if it was legitimate, but uh, we always imagined that one person in North Korea playing our game.
0: If you're the one North Korean dude who downloaded the game, uh, you know we hope you are having a lovely time right now. Just you know, just know <laughs> you're, you're still in Akane's mind.
2: Enjoy <laughs> <And> this podcast.
0: <laughs> and this podcast too. We'll do, we'll do a special a special thank you for you at the end. Of the, at the end. Of the show. <laughs> And with that, I think we have a good show. So once again, thank you, Akane, for being here.
1: Yeah, thank you very Mm -hmm. much. Thank you
0: for having me. If you're listening to The Brave Room right now, don't forget to rate us on the service of your choice. We're on Spotify, we're on Anchor. Heck, we're even on YouTube. Leave a comment, you know. Say hi. If you're the one North Korean listener, also say hi. You know. (laughs) Hello. This has been The Brave Room, episode 2, and I have been Juana Miro. I have been And thank you for listening. See you. (laughs)